0: support for Kansas City today comes from Grandma's office catering delivering made from scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses and factories even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandma'scatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City today. I'm Nomi Nuji Dean. Today is Friday, November 10th. Coming up, it's been a year since recreational marijuana was legalized in Missouri. We'll hear how quickly the industry has changed since then. But first, some headlines. The Kansas City Area Transportation Authority is considering bringing back bus fares after three years of free rides. Fares used to make up 7 to 12 percent of the agency's revenue. Richard Gerald of the KCATA says going fare-free had pros and cons.
2: It certainly has reduced the amount of revenue we have available to spend directly on operations. Uh, There are obviously some benefits as well in terms of ridership, customer convenience. Gerald
1: says the board will be presented with the final study next month. Ride KC presented new stops yesterday on a possible east-to-west streetcar line. KCUR's Savannah Holly Bates reports. An east-to-west streetcar line is still a long way from completion, but planners announced 16 stops between a a quarter-and-a-half mile away from each other that would travel along Linwood Boulevard, Main Street, and West 39th Street. Tom Jerand, executive director of the Kansas City Streetcar Authority, said the line would connect with other bus lines and the north-south streetcar
2: route. There's momentum around regional county-wide efforts that could build out a true regional system. And at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about one corridor. It's part of a big regional plan.
1: Funding has yet to be finalized for the route, but organizers expect it to come from federal and county dollars. The Kansas City Council unanimously voted yesterday to update a public health ordinance to address the city's drug overdose crisis. The legislation proposed by Mayor Quinton Lucas requires health providers to report overdoses to the city health department. It also establishes an overdose review board and suggests appointing two special investigators. Councilmember Andrea Boo says the current protocol for reporting overdoses is ineffective. When these reports are received and analyzed, they do not contain enough information to properly address the circumstances which lead to overdoses. Missouri's health department says nearly 600 opioid overdoses have been reported in Jackson County in the last five years. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late-night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Missourians voted to legalize recreational cannabis a year ago. Now the industry is one of the biggest in the country. Workers are fighting to unionize, and the state is trying to diversify who gets a license to sell the drug. Reporter Rebecca Rivas of the Missouri Independent covers the industry. She told KCUR's Steve Kraske how the marijuana industry has grown and changed over the past year.
2: We hear a lot about how much money this new industry is creating for Missouri. On average, how much are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, well, I think it's interesting for it to be a year later, and you know the different uh, estimates that people have of how much it was going to bring in in sales in a year and a month. But I think we're meeting those expectations. It was it's about 120 million in sales total a month uh, since March, so that'll put us about a little over a billion dollars in a year.
2: Hmm. Are sales projected to remain steady going forward? What's the crystal ball telling you right now?
0: You know, I—that that is the question on everybody's mind always. I think it's just demand, you know, and supply. But I think people are hoping that it will remain steady. There hasn't been too much um, abruption. Some people were thinking maybe the recent major recall in the cannabis industry might have affected that, but it seems like numbers have remained strong.
2: How has legalization impacted the state's job market, Rebecca?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, we had a really big job surge almost immediately after voters passed the Amendment 3 to legalize recreational marijuana in last November, pretty much exactly a year ago today. Um, There was new employees. uh, The numbers were shooting up pretty much um, that month of November, and they remained really strong. I think they quadrupled the number of new employees each month. Um, in November through March. Hmm. So, yeah, we have about 1,800 um, cannabis employees now. Hmm. 18,000. Eight, I'm sorry. 18,000. 18, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, dispensary workers in Kansas City just unionized, and they're not the only ones. What have you heard about union interest in the cannabis industry here in Missouri?
0: Yeah, so there was a big win um, in October, October 26, in, in Columbia, Missouri. There had been some protests there about um, certain workers being fired. So they went through the process of um, you know, filing a complaint with a National Labor Relations Board, and they had a settlement agreement, which was very positive just on october 26th and they are now able to negotiate as part of that agreement through the union so uh, the, that local union said it was one of their biggest that they've ever had of um, gr- biggest wins that they'd ever had so I think those kinds of wins are just going to really push more workers throughout the state to find out more information about how do we unionize you know what what would that look like for us so yeah that's on the move for sure something I, to look out for I was
2: going to say could Chris- Missouri be, you know, the new frontier in this push to unionize this billion dollar industry?
0: I think that is something that unions are have definitely gotten some energy from the last couple wins, you know. And so I think definitely unions are probably going to be making a push to do that. Um and I think they're probably going to have um, some interesting employees throughout the state. So I will be following that. I know that. So you'll be able to hear more um, after probably the next couple of weeks.
2: Let's talk about the state's micro business licensing program. This is a program aimed at encouraging people of color, mainly and other marginalized folks, I guess, to participate in the legal marijuana market. Remind our listeners how this program is supposed to work and how well it is working.
0: Yeah, you know, when the campaign for Amendment 3 was going on throughout um, 2022, I think a lot of people were focusing on this social equity piece. You know, they wanted to make sure that Amendment 3 had some kind of social equity piece that would kind of look at the criminalization of marijuana and how it's impacted different communities throughout our state. And I know other states have done that as well. And one of the things that they've come up with is a social equity cannabis license, and in Missouri, we call it a micro business license, which does look at different different communities who may have been impacted by marijuana criminalization and um, they just went through the process to get applications. It's a low entry fee. It's about $1,500. So that's to apply and it's refundable if you don't win the license. And that's huge because, you know, for regular license, it's a lot more money to apply and you don't get that money back. Um, And so what happened was when people applied, it all went into a lottery and there were 48 names selected through Missouri's lottery system. And um, those people were issued licenses on October 2nd. Um, So what's happening now is they're going through those applications and making sure that everything looks good and through the beginning of December. And then if it does, then those folks will get licenses
2: officially. Hasn't there been some controversy around this micro-business licensing program and the Department of Health and Senior Services is even, isn't it investigating the validity of some applications there?
0: Yeah, you know, once the names came out, I kind of started to look through the list. And I was just hoping to maybe call up somebody and say, you know, how has this impacted your life? But when I started to look at the addresses, they all looked the same for a good number of the applicants. So I started to research more. And what I found out was um, that a good number of the applications were coming from one place. Like, so um, 42% of the dispensary licenses were coming, had the same contact person. And that was for a a cannabis consulting firm out of Arizona. Um, And and now that uh, may be controversial to some people, but the part that that I think got more people's eye was there was another group out of Michigan. um, And what they were doing was they were advertising on Craigslist and other places, word of mouth too, tell your friend um, that if you um, put your name down on this application, we're going to give you $2,000. And if you win, we'll give you $20,000. Um, but what the people didn't know was that they were signing an agreement that said they would have no um really voting interest in Mm. the business and they wouldn't get any kind of profits from the business once it got up and going. Uh And they just had to keep their name on the, um, on the license until they got all of the permits from local municipalities and, you know, everything was squared away with the state. So that is something that, um, raised a lot of eyebrows this past week when we reported it. And, um, Senator Carla May out of St. Louis has wrote a letter to the cannabis regulators with DHSS to say, you know, somebody needs to look into this. And um, the cannabis division... Uh, Director Amy Moore, um, or Division of Cannabis Regulation, uh, Director Amy Moore, she wrote back saying that she was, they were already looking into it as part of the process, the natural process of this Mm. period until December. Um, And they said, if they did find anything that appeared to be fraudulent, then those licenses will be revoked, you know, that they'll get, they'll have to revoke the provisional license they were given. So, yeah, that's the point we're at. We're kind of all waiting to see what happens over the next month to see if those applicants where they were paying people and having them sign agreements that weren't meeting the Constitution because you do have to have somebody right. that has voting interests and financial interests in the business.
2: Rebecca, just one more thing on on this whole cannabis rollout uh, idea. Missouri, is uh, its first cannabis recall is still in. In play here. Why was there a recall to begin with?
0: That is um, a little bit technical, but I will try to break it down as, a, as best as I can. Um, hemp is legal in this country, but um, cannabis, uh, marijuana is still a controlled substance. So hemp is uh, not a control, controlled substance because it doesn't have the kind of THC that a lot of us consider Delta-9 THC. However, there are people who have figured out how to extract that small amount of hemp, um, the the Delta-9 THC from hemp and make a product, an extract or a concentrate that can be added to um, like joints or vapes or those kinds of things. Um, And that was what um, was happening here in Missouri. There was an extract that was being added to a Mm -hmm. marijuana product and it was coming from out of state. And so um, that the Missouri regulator said, you can't do that. Um, And that is still being kind of questioned. I think there's definitely going to be a decision that, yeah, probably you can't do that. But was the product safe? Was the hemp extract made well? You know, Is it a public health concern? Right. Those are the questions that they're still looking at. And it would be millions and millions of dollars Mm. (laughs) that would really impact the entire cannabis industry. Because I think about 100 different uh, manufacturers picked up that extract that had that hemp um, product in it.
2: A lot has happened in this first year. What are you expecting? What are you looking out for in the coming year?
0: Yeah. You know, I think what I am most interested is to see how these micro business licenses do. I think Mm. the idea is that there's partnerships and that hopefully the entire cannabis industry nurtures them. Um, So what we're hoping is that it does what it, it was expected to do, which was to you know, provide some equalization to provide some, you know, healing, I guess, mm-hmm. um, in communities that were highly poorly impacted by the criminalization of marijuana. I think that for me would be the biggest story mm. coming over the next year is how that program works out. That was
1: KCUR's Steve Kraske and Rebecca Rivas of the Missouri Independent. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's up to date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nugia dean This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.